When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is our 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with me is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everyone. In honor of Halloween, we have been focusing on cryptids this week, those unsubstantiated species that often lead to some colorful legends. On Sunday, we explored the famed melon heads of Lake County and the lesser-known Bigfoot spinoff in Summit County that they call the Kenmore Grassman. So I was for sure that you had this wrong with cryptids. I put it in Google. I said cryptoids because I for, for sure you were wrong. And it said, did you mean cryptids? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, that's because I Googled it to make sure I oh. had it right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, today we have a third cryptid for you. This one, a mysterious aquatic creature known famously as the Loveland Frog. Have you heard of the Loveland Frog, Steve? No, I think uh, somebody mentioned it when we were down in Minerva doing the Bigfoot. I think she mentioned it. But yeah. Is it where the princess kisses the kisses frog and the, they turn into a prince? Kisses the frog and they turn into a yeah. prince? Not a exactly, okay. no. But I'll tell you what, in the Cincinnati area, this story is probably as uh, popular as, as the, the kissing of the frog. Oh, okay. So let me tell you, Loveland is, is a suburb of Cincinnati, and it once was a busy railroad town, but now it's a sleepy little community just north of the big city, nestled along the Little Miami River. And the Little Miami River is a perfect setting for a mysterious creature. It twists and meanders through southern Ohio from Yellow Springs to the Ohio River. And there are plenty of runoffs trickling down the banks and lots of small tunnels and holes where animals can make their homes. In other words, a comfortable place for a race of small lizard-like frogmen. Now, the earliest sightings of the Loveland frog weren't documented, just passed down as lore. The legend goes that it started in May of 1955 when a businessman or perhaps a traveling salesman was driving along Hopewell Road 
and over a bridge of the Little Miami River at about three in the morning. There are lots of bridges that crisscross the Little Miami and its tributaries, so it's not established exactly which bridge. Reportedly, the businessman spotted three figures along the side of the road, and when his headlights shone on them, he was stunned to see faces that looked like frogs and hairless bodies with skin that looked like leather. They were too small to be men, too large to be frogs, but they did stand erect at nearly four feet tall. What startled the businessman even more is that the figures appeared to be talking to each other, and one was waving a cylindrical object like a wand over its head, and that object was emitting some kind of sparks. It was those flashes of light that scared the businessman into pushing on the gas and fleeing for his life, but he did contact local law enforcement, and again, according to oral tradition, Police Chief John Fritz accompanied the man back to the spot. The creatures were gone by then, but investigators registered the peculiar smell of almonds and alfalfa. Hmm. Would you recognize alfalfa if you smelled it? Not at all. Maybe there's a lot of alfalfa down there. No, I mean, yeah. almonds, yeah, it's like... I'd be like, right? what's that yeah. smell? Yeah, almonds, <laughs> there you go, yeah. Maybe maybe they were leaving something dangerous behind. Right. <laughs> Anyway, there, there was that one sighting, and the next sighting didn't come for 17 years. But this next one is actually documented. It happened March 3rd, 1972 at 1 a.m. when Loveland police officer Ray Shockey was driving on Riverside Drive near the Totes Boot Factory and the Little Miami River. He was traveling cautiously. There was ice on the roads that night, and suddenly... Something scurried across the road in front of his vehicle, and he slammed on his brakes to avoid hitting it. It was a creature he couldn't identify. It was fully lit by his headlights, and it looked to be three to four feet long, up to 75 pounds, with leathery skin. He said the animal crouched like a frog, then stood erect, looked directly at him, then climbed over the guardrail and down toward the river. After Shockey told this story to other officers, they returned to the site to look things over and confirmed there were distinct abrasions exactly where Shockey had seen the creature climb over the metal barrier. Then, two weeks later, it happened again. This time, another Loveland police officer named Mark Matthews saw a creature he couldn't identify crouched along the road in the same area where Shockey had his encounter. It hopped toward Matthews, who made the decision to whip out his three fifty-seven Magnum and shoot it. The thing reportedly made a convulsive leap over the guardrail and disappeared into the river. I love that. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to shoot it. Shoot it! As before, we went decades without another sighting until 2016, when a pair of teens playing Pokemon Go near Madeira Road claimed to see a giant frog near Lake Isabella. They said it stood up and walked on its hind legs. One of the teens, San Jacobs of Loveland, shared his story with a news team in Cincinnati, and he took a photo. It's a dark picture. The main light comes from the flash that causes the creature's eyes to glow bright white, but there is a faint silhouette of two arms and a rounded figure that, frankly, looks like a toddler-sized frog. 
But media coverage of that sighting brought out someone calling hoax. And that someone was Officer Mark Matthews. After the teens shared their story and photo, the former police officer talked to Channel 9 in Cincinnati to say the sightings had been blown out of proportion over the past 40 years. Apparently, for the first time publicly, Matthews revealed that he not only shot the creature, but put it in his trunk to show it to Officer Shockey. That was the patrolman who had seen the creature a couple weeks before him. Matthew said it was an iguana with a missing tail, which is why it wasn't easy to identify, and that he assumed it had either escaped or grown too large for its pet owner to keep. Matthew said he tried to share his story once before. He gave it to the author of a book writing about cryptids in Ohio. But that author of the book ended his story with the Loveland officer firing a shot at the creature and did not continue the story to the part where Matthews took the iguana back to the police department. So it seems like the mystery of the Loveland frog was solved in 2016, although Officer Matthews probably didn't win any fans by ruining the mystery. This thing was genuine Ohio folklore. It still is. It has inspired business names and sports teams' names, a Loveland Frog Festival, a Loveland Frog 5K. In Cincinnati, the legend was turned into a bluegrass musical called Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. Local actors and playwrights Joshua Steele and Mike Hall premiered their play at the Cincinnati Fringe Festival. In 2010, native Loveland filmmaker Gretchen Kessler put her own spin on the story and released a film called Legend of the Loveland Frogmen. And earlier this year, an alternative rock band in Atlanta, Georgia called Old Sweater wrote a song called The Loveland Frogman. Yeah, I was looking up photos of the biggest frog in the world, and it's not that big. It's not that big. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I think I have a picture of it right here if you want to take a look. I know our listeners can't. See it, but oh my god, that is huge! Yeah, what do you feet. mean? It's not four. It's you know what? If that thing was standing up against a guardrail, <laughs> yeah, okay. I would start my own legend. That's true. That it's not native to frog. America. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for our midweek 10 minute mystery. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full sized Ohio mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week and may all of your mysteries have happy endings.
I'm Richard Serrett. Join me on Strange Planet for in-depth conversations with the world's top paranormal investigators, alien abductees, Bigfoot trackers, monster hunters, time travelers, alternative archaeologists, remote viewers, and more. As I was on the way to Area 51, I was stopping on the side of the road and just taking measurements, and I found this one spot where time slowed down by a fraction of a second. It's not supposed to do that. From the two big categories, animal mutilations and human abductions, you have to conclude that genetic material is being harvested. Well, I reached for a rifle and uh, I, I turned and looked and it was, it was already moving away and it was descending the bluff. Uh, there's no way any human could have went down it. It was probably a 75 degree angle straight down almost. On Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, we're redefining reality. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Do not go any further. Turn around. Go home.